Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Cias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James Cias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Always weird. (laughs) We love it. Dude, it's funny. I did a podcast with uh, one of my coaches, Top Dog Guy. He uh, does a lot of, I mean, over 250,000 real estate agents that this organization coaches. So he was on here and we did that. And he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. You guys do that on every show? I was like, yeah. He's like, that's terrible. <laughs> he tells me. I was like, all right, all right. Opening cool. line. Opening line. It it's just our gimmick, right? It's everybody has a thing. All right. All right. So before we get into our guest for today, I want to make sure I give everybody their shout out. So we got a bunch of new friends for the Facebook page and Instagram. So we got uh, uh, Karim. Uh, Karim. So uh, if I butcher your last name, I apologize because some of you guys' names are like my first name. It's just difficult, so apology ahead of time. So we got Karim uh, Seperi, we got Axel Santos, we got Amber Gruer, Natalia Herrera, Israel Montaya, we got Bander Nahali, we got Sierra Molina, Iram uh, Baylock, we got Ernesto Gastelum. By the way, Ernesto is the owner of Barrio Dogs in Yes. Yeah. I so know Ernesto well. You know Ernesto well? Yes, yes. Sweet. Yes. So we're gonna we're gonna do a podcast with him mm. at his place too soon. Really nice. soon. So thanks for thanks for that hookup, uh, Mr. Bayon. We got uh, Ali Armik Armikasin, I think that's how I say his name. Sylvia Vasquez, Deborah C, Jeffrey Green, and Nicole Peranio. And then we have some congrats out uh, for sold properties, transactions being closed because we love to give you guys props when you guys do work. Gabe Mendez on the on the uh, sales two closed since the last time we've been on two, two closings, closings right? two of them, two yeah. of them. And then Maria Romero is another closing. Uh, so congratulations, guys! Keep it the hard work. That's what it's all about. That's why we're here to give you guys some motivation and give you guys some stories of people who are out there crushing it, doing the thing, and making it happen. So let's get on to our guest today. So I met Mr. Anthony Ramirez, who's our guest today, at his flip. He's um, so you guys are you guys are familiar with Zabi and Jose with uh, Creative House Productions and Visionary Media Group, and they came out and did a killer video promo for the property that mr anthony ramirez flipped and that's where we got to meet you oh my god it was amazing right so uh so that's where i ended up meeting anthony we kind of sat down he gave us the walkthrough of the entire place told us history about you know how this property got going i mean the place is amazing and uh i invited him to come to the show and he graciously accepted and now it's here by the way Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Just want to throw it out there. Thank you. I am <laughs> so, little to drink now. I'm a little to drink now. Right? I got some whiskey over here. No, friends. no, I'm good. I'm good. I turned 21 yesterday, so I appreciate go. that. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. So, uh, you know, 
lot. We got a lot of people who. Well, first of all, I mean, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, what what is it that you do? And uh, I'm uh, five foot ten. I love the color <laughs> blue. Long walks on the beach. Um, drive cars fast. Swipe right. <laughs> no, negative, negative. Uh, no, I'm just kind of a guy that's always behind the scenes. I like being the Wizard of Oz and just make things happen. Yeah, the guy behind the curtain. Yeah, dude. So as humble as you are. I want to dig a little deeper to see who, you know, where does he came from? Because uh, there are people in this industry who who are just crushing it, who've been in either loans or have been doing flips and they're they're doing a really good job. And I feel like if I can get them on the show and if I can get them to dig deep to, you know, where they came from, what struggles mm-hmm. they had and where they're, you know, how they got to where they are. Mm-hmm. It helps our listeners kind of, you know, the ones that are struggling or just getting started or even the ones that find themselves in a rut every once in a while, kind of giving that little bit of push. Ooh. So tell me a little bit, you know, what did you do? So I'm originally from San Jose, so Northern California. Um, I was uh, born and raised up there, but during the Silicon Valley times, um, the Bay Area became very expensive in the 1990s. I was young. Um, all my friends were getting into the tech business. I decided to take a different route and join the Army. Um, left, did that for a while. Um, I was an infantry guy. And... Um, that that I think that experience really changed my life. Coming from the neighborhood I came in, I actually lived in a good part of San Jose, but my high school was in the shitty part. <laughs> so my friends were pretty shitty friends. I just lived in a nice house, um, except a few of my friends, pretty good guys. Long story short, um, I think that time frame in my life really changed everything. Um, learning self discipline, um, taking care of yourself, you know, those kind of things, taking responsibility. And so, uh, right when I moved to San Diego, I ended up picking up. Uh, actually, I moved in with a good, best friend of mine. Birthday was this week also, and um, at like twenty six years old, I bought a fourplex by San Diego State. Nice. Fixed it up, made that thing look super good. Jacked my rents up, lived there for free. Went to college, uh, got married. That was my first investment. I bought that thing for three twenty five, and I sold it. For 1.1 in like five years. That's a hell of a ride. Right? So I buy, and that was, I had bought other properties too. Um, but that was actually before I got into lending. So how does, how does a 26-year-old find the nerve, first of all, or the will or the ambition, you know, straight out the military? Were yeah. you out of the military? I uh, was in the reserves at that time. At the reserves at that time. So, yeah. so what popped in your head? How do you, you know, what are you thinking at that point that says, you know what, I should buy a you complex? Know, random. So I was, uh, I was in a class and I had a, a financial teacher that was personal finance, mm-hmm. right? And um, we're talking about real estate. This is like the year 1999. 2000 dating me right now so um when she explained how monthly payments versus rent at some point rents are higher than the payment Mm -hmm. just do some math i was living with my buddy at the time and he had a a two-story duplex and he was renting out all the rooms next door to to students and i was living with him on his side and i had asked him like hey how much are your payments in this place and he told me he's like oh 1500 bucks whatever it was at the time and i started doing the math i'm like wait a minute Dude, you live here for free. <laughs> this is bullshit. And I'm paying the utilities, yeah, you know? Yeah. So so afterwards, I started looking at things like that. And that's when I got into the unit. Because he got married, so I had to move out. And when I was leaving, um, did the same exact thing. So I was like three blocks over, found a house, figured out how much the rents were, how much the payments were. 
and brought basically like a business proposal to my mom. I was like, hey, I think I want to do this. And she says, okay, makes sense. And so I bought it. Number one. And just started doing it. You know what I mean? Like it just made mathematical sense. And um, kicked the tenants out one by one, fixed them up, rented them for more, did the next one, did the next one. And uh, yeah. So, okay. So you did the first one. First one, mom helped out, right? So Yeah. I, mean, I, I paid them back in six months, by the way, for the down payment. Well, you better. You made one point three, one point two. Yeah, on it, so. it was. It was. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's that's definitely a, a plus. But okay, so that's the first one. Mm-hmm. When when you start getting ready to move on to another deal, you start. You know, there, there's a hiccup. I'm assuming you bought it around two thousand. So mm-hmm. there's there's a hot market going on at that time. You know, ironically, it wasn't necessarily hot. It was busy. So there was a lot of people looking at property, but the values weren't skyrocketing as they were until maybe like 2003, 2004. Then it started getting kind of sketchy, like, you know, like people were Just, buying things they shouldn't have been buying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I got in lending in 2004, in the beginning of 2004. All right, so you, you're not super crushing it at that time yet, right? You know, crazy. Um, you talking about for real estate wise yeah, or yeah. lending wise? Either one. I so, mean, so, 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 funny story. So, when I got into lending, um, I got lucky. I swear to God, I got lucky. Um, I got with a group of guys that were already dominating in the business, legends in the business. Literally, I didn't know that at the time. I just happened to go in there, and they just liked me, and they said, "Hey, you come know, on board. come on board." Is what we're gonna do. My first year, my first year retail. I'm talking about purchase money business. I funded like eighteen million. Like my first year, the next year was like 25 mil, just shy of 25 mil. Then the next year was like 31 or something. And then the market went to shit like 2007. I funded like another 35 million. So I was killing myself. My average loan amount went down to like 215 or something. Mm-hmm. But we're closing like 10, 15 loans a month with one assistant. I thought it was normal. I didn't know any different. I was just working. Just working with my guys, just working. <laughs> describe describe what working means. We just pick up the phone, go meet with agents, do you know, visit open houses, provide them marketing assistance, help, guidance, lead follow up, um, help them lead generate different ways that we were doing it back then. Um, getting like people weren't doing government loans, so I got I dove into the like, government loans and down payment assistance loans and doing condo conversions, and uh, yeah, it was just. Didn't know any different, just military work ethic, just go. Just go. Just go. So in other words, you walked into an office and they gave you basically standard operating procedures, right? So this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Start doing it. Um, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys, here's what you're going to do. Here's how you go out. This is how you shake hands, how you kiss babies, blah, blah, blah. Go. When, when did you realize that that's not the normal transition for people when i started talking to people <laughs> like w- when i went to the first year we went into like president's club mm-hmm. and um we're like i mean I, I had to buy suits like i didn't have like nice suits so i went to the president's club and um i'm like this is kind of cool they're paying for us for a week stay in you know orlando and blah 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 and this nice hotel i'm like oh shit i've never been treated like this and people are calling you for bonus checks to come work for them and i'm like what's what is this i'm just doing loans and uh yeah, it didn't hit me until I started talking to other loan officers across the country. Like, oh, how'd you do? I'm like, oh, I did like 18 too. What? And what do you mean? Like, it just it didn't clue in to maybe like a year and a half later, <laughs> to tell you the <laughs> truth. I was like, this is kind of fun. I'm making money. 
Dude, I mean, and that's one of those things. Like, uh, so you you were kind of lucky in the sense that, you know, you had good mentorship right off the bat. Right, you walked into a situation where somebody was telling you this is what you do. You had a situation where if you had a problem, you had veterans behind you supporting you. Yeah. Right. So like, it's what's crazy is, um, and they probably watch the podcast later and call me out. So so, these guys, no joke. I remember. so Todd Duncan's like a big guy in the real estate and mortgage side mm-hmm. for like, you know, coaching and things like that. And these guys were like the legit, like on the panels, right? So I'm having beers with these guys and then I go to one of his events and they're like on the panels for like legends of mortgage. You know, <laughs> like my buddy Joel, I swear to God, he was the guy that did like the first DUs, like in Washington, running it from his shop, doing the first electronic DUs to underwrite loans the 50 loans a month like these guys were crushing and i just had great mentorship i got lucky i i had no i mean imagine coming out of like i don't know the dominican republic and then landing on a major league baseball team yeah yeah totally different now it's it, you know it's funny i was listening to uh a podcast uh yesterday mike Quavos and sam uh Koranian from uh, Big Block Realty, mm. then and they were talking about you know the importance of having like being on a mastermind team or surrounding yourself with people who are doing really well. I mean, you were in a position where it just kind of fell in your lap. You got lucky, but people who aren't doing who aren't at that level, you know, you're a testament of to uh, being of when you surround yourself with people who are crushing it, people who you know, aspire to great things that you elevate yourself just by being around those people. I mean, how much time were you spending with these guys on a daily basis? Well, well here's the funny thing. So when I first um, got in the business, I'll kind of rewind. So my first three months, and my best friend was a lender at the time. And um, I, we came back from a lunch meeting and the doors were locked. Like the doors were straight up locked. And um, they closed the office down and I had just started like maybe three months before. Right, like like the company, the company, yeah, and and they had gotten bought out by another company, and this, I'm completely new to all this stuff, right? Yeah. I had actually clients coming to meet me, and there was like chains on the on the door, like legit <laughs> chains on the door, in Mission Valley, and so um, in the meanwhile, we show up to their corporate meetings and stuff, and we're thinking like, what's going on? And we didn't even know we weren't even invited to the party, right? And so, <laughs> no joke. So we're now now my, my my branch manager, right? My branch manager at the time. She's trying to solicit us to get or to get us get picked up by another company. So we're meeting like with Wells Fargo and other lenders, National City, and different guys, right? And we're hearing their pitch of like why we should work for their company. And we went to go meet with these guys. My buddy Baron walks in. Actually, I was supposed to have cigars with him today, and uh, he walks in. This guy's in a nice suit nice matching shoes with his belt, gaiters, Rolex, super clean. I mean, guy looks like a Ralph Lauren model, right? <laughs> and I'm looking at my buddy, my buddy Dave, I'm like, dude, we're gonna work with these motherfuckers right here. Like these guys, <laughs> these, I'm gonna be like that dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. We, we went down and uh, met with some other people and every one of the guys was like that. Old school, mortgage banker, straight, clean and crisp. And... I didn't care what anybody was offering on bonuses. They didn't offer us any bonus. They didn't offer us the most comp, nothing. It was pure. I was like, these guys are killers. So, you know, I mean, a lot of people say, you know, first impressions are everything. Mm-hmm. In this case, I mean, a corporate name, a corporate brand didn't mean anything. You wanted to, you saw a vision of yourself. 
Oh, and you were I'm, like, I'm, I'm aligning myself I'm, with these guys. That's what I want. These guys are trained killers. I'm with them. I'm with them. <laughs> I'm with them. Let's go. Well, I mean, tell me, how much of that is, is military brought, right? I mean, Combination of both. Yeah, combination of both. I, I've never been in the military, but mm. I mean, my experience in military is only what I see in movies, mm. right? But but what I see is in, in like sports, too. It's you know on the team who you follow, mm-hmm. right? You know the, there's there's people who are put in a power, in, in a leadership position, and there's people who are born leaders. Mm. And you tend to follow the people who are the born leaders, the people who are doing. And I think that's what I, if I'm hearing you right, yeah. you're looking at all these different quote-unquote professionals, and then you see the dudes who are like doing it. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, my first book that I really read in business was Think and Grow Rich. Napoleon right? Hill. Napoleon Hill. And uh, they gave it to me like as an assignment, like, hey, you're going to come work with us. I need you to read this book. So I took a trip to the Bay Area, bought the CDs, and literally listened the whole way up and the whole way back. And I was like, man, this is it. And it's like, you know, the the five people you surround yourself with is who you're going to become. And so, you know, that was the whole mantra. I'm like, my friends are all where I came from. They're all crisp. The new ones, right? The new ones were, the old ones weren't doing that great. You know, they were kind of just getting by in life because nobody really teaches you that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just saw an opportunity that someone can actually, I can be influenced by people that can actually teach me things. And they were actually happy to show me. They considered me a bro. So I was all good. Yeah. Well, I was, I mean, I'm super impressed. I mean, you're one of those people I look up to when I see the status that you're at and the things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. I look up to you. And when, you know, when I met you, I mean, I could literally ask you anything and you were like an open book. You were willing to share any part of your business, any part of your aspect, just because I'd ask, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and that's something that, that a lot of people don't understand about uh, people who have made certain success levels is that they're willing to be, they're not, they're not monsters. They're not, you know, ripping people off. They're not doing anything wrong. You're out there just helping people. You're mm-hmm. just helping pe- people at a high level and you're willing to help other people do that too. Yeah. Am I putting words in your mouth? No, no, it reciprocates. Yeah, literally, it just reciprocates. So, um, you know, I'm I'm learning in life that that um, love is endless, Mm -hmm. right? And and how you love people is doesn't matter. Guy, girl, people work for you, your bosses. As long as you pour into people, it it eventually at some point comes back. Yeah. So, little side story here. Today, we had our uh, Friday team meeting like we do every week, and uh, it was exciting. We had a lot of really cool stuff going on the, uh, on the insurance side of our business, uh, but my, my partner, who my partner in crime, she's there with me in the office every day. Her name is Heather, and uh, after the meeting was done, like I stopped the recording and everything, and I told her, Heather, I love you. I said, you know why? Because you love all of these agents just like I do, and like they feel it. We feel it, and it's really just a team, family mentality, and what you're talking about. It's resonates. It resonates, and, and you know, I think a, a part of that is uh, it doesn't come with transparency, but courage takes transparency. You know, I've had plenty of failures. Let me tell you. I'll tell you what they are, what they were, and just so somebody else doesn't have to make that same failure. Yeah, share one with me real quick. Uh, failure. Yeah. Uh, how bad? <laughs> you tell me. How bad, how bad you Physical, mental. I mean, how do you feel? <laughs> you know, I mean, um, I could tell you one today. I mean, I'm losing an escrow today on a transaction that I could probably make a hundred thousand dollars on, pretty straightforward. And we didn't have our financing pieces in a row. My partners were ready to go. One's going on vacation. Another guy's looking at it like, mm, I'm not sure. Pencils out all freaking day long, and. 
you know, sometimes you lose, it's like ripping a check. I mean, I look at when you lose a loan and cut a check up three, four thousand dollars or you lose a deal as even as an agent. But when you're when you're developing properties on the side and that's like, you know, that's not a lot of hard work, but a hundred thousand dollar opportunity yeah. that kind of pisses you off. You know, happy birthday. <laughs> I'm here hanging out with you guys. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Dude, but something else will come up. It's all good. But see that mentality of, of right there, what you just said right there. You know what? Something else is going to come around the corner, dude. Hundred thousand dollars. Some people is a, a year's worth, of, two years worth of work. I oh mean, yeah. You believe the median household income in San Diego is like sixty five thousand for a household. I mean, that one deal is somebody's livelihood. I but know. It's, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of funny when you think about it. It's right? funny. Yeah. It, it's funny, but yeah. it's because. Again, it's it comes back to who you surround yourself with, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a thousand dollars might mean something to somebody, and it might mean nothing to somebody else. You know, a hundred thousand dollars in your world, I'm sure. If you go back to when you, right before you bought that first duplex, a hundred thousand probably meant way more than it does today. Yeah, right. But but you've surrounded yourself with people who, you know, they don't think in thousands, they don't think in hundred thousands, they I don't know if they think in millions or they think in billions. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's just a mindset. It is a mindset, to tell you the truth. It's actually kind of ironic because this morning I was sitting down with a good friend of mine. And that was, um, he has a great restaurant over in Little Italy, uh, Cloak and Pell, good friend of mine, Caesar. And I was breaking down some numbers for him just to kind of, because he you know, wants to kind of diversify some funds and whatnot. So I'm like, hey, bro, let me show you. And um, he was on a conference call, my conference call with some of my guys, my investor buddies. And we're like, well, okay, I'm going to put a million, you put a million, you put a million. Okay, we have three million. We got five million on the credit line. Okay, we got eight. What do we think we're going to deploy on this? Okay, let's pull this strategy, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of sat back for a second. I'm like, dang, when you start talking about mills, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> we, yeah, I'm just this Hispanic dude from the east side. Like, I'm like, okay, bro. Like, when, yeah. all righty. But, you know, and it's, it's, it's important when you strategize with your partners like that, that um, you, know, you, you have to stay humble, man. So if you don't stay humble and you get your ego in the way, I've been there. Um, you start avoiding the, the, the signs that things are not right. Um, you start thinking that you're better than the market. You start mm-hmm. thinking that you're better than, than the game. Like, you know, no matter when I roll my dice, I'm always going to hit seven. So give me an example. Like, uh, when, what types of signs do you look for in investment where you know you're going downhill? <laughs> when, I mean, there's sometimes where you're going downhill, but you but you plan for you know there's there's a curve, right? You, you're planning a, an initial investment. There's a time frame for this investment for it to start showing a return. How do you know you back oh, out or something like that? Man, I'll tell you. Probably one of the best um, analogies I was told was that an appreciating market hides everything. That's a great analogy because it does. It hides everything. So it's like musical chairs, right? With real estate, and it's all location oriented and things like that. We saw what happened when interest rates went up, how it affected the market. Market sentiment changed in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So that three million dollar house you guys saw, right? That market sentiment changed quick last summer, like in a heartbeat, because they're different type of investors. And you have other people that are entry level still buying South Bay. At that same time, I I had a, a three houses that we sold um, across the street from the mall from Chula Vista Mall quick subdivided the lots sold three houses out boom boom made good 750 on done right that market they sold quick like in a week so i have one that's sitting spending i can't tell you how many thousands a month in that place versus others it's just different market times right mm-hmm. and so um when the markets are appreciating not every market's the same not every location's the same 
El Centro works different than San Diego. San Diego is different than L.A. Bay Area is different, you know. I came from Northern California. San Jose, average sales price right now is like $1.1 million. They're, they're not beautiful homes. No. Mm-mm. No, they're not. It's like living in Claremont, you know. So a lot of that stuff is really relative. Um, and that's that's like when you make mistakes and you don't know certain market conditions and you think you know and, you know. It's like playing Monopoly. You're the first guy that buys Baltimore, right? Yeah. <laughs> we just got to buy them up. You got to just buy as many as you can. And then sometimes you land on Boardwalk and you're and, screwed. And then that dude buys a hotel and you land there and you're like, oh, Damn it, why right? buy Baltimore? Right? <laughs> I got to pay the piper now. But um, yeah, I mean, so it's a lot of learning lessons like that. And you can't learn it all. But when you sit down with guys that have been doing it for long periods of time and you start hearing their, their methodology, I think another thing that I, I, I learned on really early on is a good question is um, if you were me, what would you do differently? And that's what you're asking your investor buddies. That's what I ask them. I'm like, hey, bro, you know, that's me, humble pie. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. If you were me, what would you have done different? That's a, that's a great question, but you're going to get that response of, you know, there, there's two ways to take it. One is a constructive criticism. One is a, you're an idiot. So how do you take it? You know what I mean? And I think that's the difference in the mentality of somebody who's being successful at it and somebody who is ego about it. Because if you let your ego get in the way, you're never going to ask that question. You're never going to know what anybody else's opinion is. Yeah. I, I think that's valuable because you never know what mistake I made. If oh. I'm one of your investors that I can share with you so you don't step in the same hole. If you guys ever go to my office, I actually have a baseball in my office um, from Pete Rose. Okay? I got this baseball. It's probably been, goddamn, it's probably been about 15 years now. Okay? So I was in, with Pete Rose and um, I have the same watch on. So, so um, I was in Vegas with my buddies, SEMA convention, and we're walking along. We saw Pete Rose walking too. He does like ball signings at the time. He was broke. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, oh shit, that's Charlie Hustle. So I ran over to Pete Rose. I'm like, what's up, Brian? Hey, dude, you're my fucking favorite baseball player of all time. So we started chatting it up, and he has like a, a gold Bretling, right? And I'm like, I got a silver one, blah, blah, blah. That come with a car, you know? And um, he's like, come on, guys. come. I'll sign you guys a ball. You guys want a ball, a jersey? I'm like, yeah, sure, let's Hell go. Yeah. Hell yeah. And so I'm sitting there with Pete Rose, right? And, and he's sitting next to me. He's like, what do you want me to put on the ball? And I asked him that question. If you were me. If you were me, what would you have done differently? And he says, I wish I never bet on baseball. Wow. And he put it on my ball. I wish I never bet on baseball. And this is four years before he even admitted to it in his book. <laughs> How crazy is that? I have, a, I have pictures with it and everything. It's still in my office. That's it's still crazy, in my office. Dude. Yeah. But that's one of those, again, another fact of life. People yeah. make mistakes. People make mistakes. And... They can either, I mean, they're detrimental to them, but they can be very, you know, massive learning experiences. This is a wisdom type thing right here. Yeah. Right? I mean, I mean, what, what do we say? Smart people learn from their mistakes. Geniuses learn from the mistakes of others. Oh, absolutely. Right? That's a genius question. Yeah. That makes all the difference in the world in, in everything you do. Yeah. So that's, I think, you know, working with the guys that I worked with, that's a lot of things that we started understanding was, you know, constantly living the question. Being that, being in the question all the time, because you're either motivated by pleasure, or by pain. Take your pick. Absolutely. Right. Take your pick. Something's gonna light a fire under your butt. Something's gonna happen. So when when you're lukewarm is when everything gets jacked. At least be driving in some direction. Dude, deep stuff, man. Deep yeah, stuff. That's it. <laughs> all yeah. right. So tell me, tell me a little bit about what life is like for you now. Now that you, now that ducks are in a row. Now that things are kind of moving in the right direction. <laughs> I mean, is it is it 
all fun and games? Like, is it just nothing but good times? Or God, no, what, man. What's it like up there? Like, where in my head? Well, or I mean, in, in, in your life, reality. In, your in reality. my reality. Uh, you know, I wish I could spend more time with my kids. You know, I wish I could be a better family man. I wish that um, I probably would have played smarter. You know, you start getting wrapped into so much business and you just get used to it, like running a marathon every day. Just running, 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 running. And you can lose sight of your priorities. That's the truth, you know. Hindsight, sometimes I see my friends that um, work at PG&E or SDG&E out here, you know, and just 9 to 5 job, but yet are super freaking happy. And sometimes, you know, the things that you grow up thinking, and that's, that's the funny thing. You grow up thinking that labels and all this material possessions what makes you happy. It's not what makes you happy. Hmm. Yeah, it's not. So that's kind of like the ironic thing now going forward. I can go buy a Ferrari tomorrow. It's not a big deal. I got my Shelby. It's on my car. Yeah, it's out of battles. Beautiful car, by the way. I burned the shit out of that clutch all day. <laughs> you know, but but you know, you start you start really start realizing like, what is this for? Put my kids through college. We got to take more vacations. I was uh, doing a. Uh, a retreat the other day, and they were saying for us to write down our story as if we're 90 years old to our great grandkids. And I was like, "What were you? What were you thankful for? What would you accomplish? What'd you do?" And things like that. And I sat down. I was like, "Holy shit! I chased after the wrong things." You know? That's deep. That's deep. And it, it's it's amazing to hear it from where you're at, because I've done that where. I didn't write from when I was 90. I wrote it as if I'm in the casket. Mm. What do I want to tell the people that are at my funeral? Like writing my eulogy. What do they say about you? Right. Well, what do I, what did I accomplish? What, what is the story of my life yeah. at this point? Who did I help? What did I achieve? You know, whose dreams did I help? You know, it's one of those realizations. Like I'm hoping that, you know, there's 10,000 people or more at my funeral it means I've made an impact. Right, I've helped that many people achieve something in their lives or change their lives in some way, and you know to hear it at your level where you're like, okay, well, you know, money—that's not a problem I have right now. But yeah, time, time, relationships, relationships. I mean, you you hear it from you hear I hear from like Gary Vee all the time. He says he says the same exact thing. He's like, I know people who make millions of dollars and mm-hmm. are unhappy, mm-hmm. and I know people who make you know forty two thousand a year and are happy as shit. Mm-hmm. I think it's all, it's all relative, man. It's all relative. It's funny because that's why I, I thought back and I was looking at like the military and, and during some of those times. And I'm like, you know, you think you're hungry? I had my sister the other day. She's like, oh my God, I'm so starving. I'm like, you know, the human body can live without food for 21 days. Hmm. You're right? not starving. You're not starving. Try seven. Try eating bark. <laughs> right? <laughs> Grub worms. That sucks. You're not that hungry. So it's also relative, and then you think of somebody like in San Diego goes to I don't know, how's it snowing over there in Minnesota, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, complain because it's cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like sixty-five this morning. I'm like, God damn! I got my sweater, my leather jacket on. <laughs> what kind of bullshit is this? And you're getting carts around the heat. No exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's all, it's right? all chilly this morning, and the people from Minnesota are on the beach in Coronado. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vacationing here, dying, yeah. dying. Ooh, sunburn. Ah. <laughs> Turn them over. <laughs> Turn them over. <laughs> oh, oh man, how are we doing? We're good. All right. So, hey man, um, dude, 
really appreciate you coming on the show today and you know being open and vulnerable and helping us you know see the world through your eyes because you know everybody's everybody's journey is different and uh our again like i said at the beginning our hope is that when people hear your show they see the light through or they see the the world through your eyes and hopefully they get a, a different aspiration maybe they're on the same path and they're like you know you help them shift their priorities and spend more time at home and spend you know maybe you know take a little bit of different path maybe it's not all about the dollar amount maybe it's more about the time you know whatever it is that somebody else gets out of it i appreciate it because you know you took the time to be here oh man it's, it's so important i can't even tell you and and you know i think especially at a young age we get so used to um like in 20s and 30s that you're trying to make your career try and make something for yourself right mm -hmm. and we start losing sight of that and that that becomes our number one objective and priority and we forget that the reason why we wake up every day is to maybe feed our kids or, you know, put bread on the table and enjoy the bread with them and turn off our cell phones. God, that's my biggest thing right now. Just being so stuck on the cell phones, everything that's going on all the time and being connected, being present. Mm -hmm. Makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, all of it. So. Oh, well. that's actually uh, the the. Oh, was it uh, Rodrigo yesterday? That's what he was talking about. Also, was the cell phones is like the most disrespectful thing when you're having a conversation with somebody. You can't take your eyes away from your phone. Oh my so, god! Yeah, you know, kids at the dinner table, all that. Yeah, you know what's amazing today that how the loss of the ability to maintain eye contact. Mm hmm. Swear to God. Because you're so addicted to going. Zoop. Like or just they just can't. They're just like this feels awkward. I can't look at you in the eyes. <laughs> you know, it's just. But it's true though. You know, and that's like our. That's you think about being plugged in. That's where as humans we're plugged in, and um, that's you know. Unfortunately, we have our rocket mortgage and all this electronic you know ways of trying to get loans nowadays, and um, that human interaction is where people really want to feel comfortable. They want to feel trust. Yes, right? absolutely. And that's where I think the guys are really crushing it. They just stay authentic. Mm, yeah. For sure. So whatever you do in life, just freaking try and be as authentic as you can be. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot one more time. Yeah. Uh, who do you think would be good to have on our podcast? Share a good story. Who? Share a good story. I'll tell you, right now, probably my good friend Caesar. Caesar? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're gonna we're gonna have you uh, make the introduction. Okay. So if you can get him on the show. I'll see him in a few hours. But yeah. Perfect. <laughs> he's gonna party it up and be like, "Dude, I met these dudes." He's gonna be like, <laughs> "No, no, he's, he's a super good guy, super super good guy, um, humble guy." But you know, um, and, and he's one of the people I think that's really taught me a lot about um, getting back to your core, getting back to your center. You know, and and he has the restaurant now. It's it's blowing up and. He t takes his dad to the gym with him and, and you know, buys his mom flowers. and he really good time. He's really good. I mean, he's, he's like in the last six months. I mean, he's just really going out of his way to really um, be thankful for his family and, and all the things that we're doing. And uh, the group that we're around, that we were, you know, you surround yourself with good people like that, right? And, uh, I mean, I was, I was sitting next to uh, Dominique Cruz. You guys know Dominique Cruz? Mm -hmm. He's like the most winning MMA featherweight fighter like oh, ever no, no. yeah yeah yeah. so i'm with caesar we're going we're having a shitty day and we're just talking about you know we got to do this and that and and and, and the guy's sitting next to me having tacos and he's like oh you better go you better go and and caesar goes you know that guy is and he's like you ever watch fox news you never watch like blah 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 i'm like yeah he's like that that's that's I'm like 
how's your taco? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's crazy though. I'm, I'm not saying that because of that, but I'm just saying that because the mentality is the same. Mm-hmm. People that want to do good things in life, that direction, and you start hearing it like with Joe Rogan, it just starts resonating over and over and over. And you just get to a different wavelength. And, you know, that's, that's why I think it's important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I, I completely understand the whole uh, eye contact thing. Yeah. Because it's one of those key things that, that this podcast and interviewing people uh-huh. has really helped me out. I think, uh, and, and, and that's probably one of my greatest secrets is I, I, I peer into your soul. <laughs> yeah. 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 When we have this conversation, you know what I mean? Because right. that's, that's me plugging into your story. Right. So, you know, I love that you pointed that out because that is a big thing. You talk to, I talk to kids all the time. I talk to, you know, adults all the time and not everybody can keep that conversation going. It, it to me, it's one of those things where when, when we're, when I'm looking at you and I can see your eyes, I'm listening to your words. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not hearing, I'm not just hearing you. I'm listening to everything that you're saying. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, that's where the genuine, genuineness comes in. When you're talking to clients. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. As soon as it starts becoming transactional, it's over. That's your ego. That's it. Out the way. All right. Well, uh, if you want, we can give you a minute here uh, to tell the audience how to get in touch with you, the best way to get in touch with you, how how you can be of service to them, etc. You can talk to the camera right here and let them know. Oh, shoot. I mean, I do everything top to bottom, so... <laughs> Um, I'll I'll tell you probably my best forte is when I get new loan officers when I get new guys that are coming from other companies that are struggling that just need to have a ground and pound basic foundation of how to build their business all day every day that's it perfect so LOs out there that are struggling you know where to go that's it here's your guy all right. Well, before we end the show, really quickly, big shout outs. We got uh, Osvaldo Calderon Ayala. He said, What up, Anthony? <laughs> What's up, Ozzy? <laughs> All right. Nice. Uh, Yuritsa, Eddie, Angelica, David Mercado, John Lasseter, Sierra Molina, Anna Aguirre, Rosa Aguirre, Silvia Vasquez, oh Simi Flores, yeah, <laughs> Daniel Moreno, Ray Jones, Energy, Brian Landeros, Oli Amirkis, and of course, as always, Mom. 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 <laughs> thanks, guys, for being uh, on the program. We appreciate you guys listening. And uh, Anthony, again, thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. And uh, happy birthday. Go have a blast, man. I'll have a shot for both of you. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we'll hold you to it. Take a picture. Yeah, send it exactly. to us. I probably will. <laughs> Don't mind if it's a mixed drink. No, all it's good. all right. All, all right. Good. I'm, I'm good with that. Long Island, think of me. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, Long Island with mezcal. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Change right. it up. Change right. it up. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, again, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. If you want to get on the show or you have somebody who you think would be a good uh, a good uh, guest, I was going to say host, that's me, a good guest, <laughs> Hernan at csfirst.com or 619-884-4915. You can hit up James for all your real estate needs, james at csfirst.com or his number is Insurance. Six- Oh, sorry, yeah. See, it's a weird... It's a Friday already. It's Friday. All right. For all your insurance <laughs> needs, james at csfirst.com, 619-884-0045, or follow us on social media at Business Bros Pod. Peace. Bye-bye. And I'm out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? 
Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at cusfirst.com right now, or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show. 